The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the New General Vision Podcast on Northstar Production. I'm Tim Slavka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, you're on a journey to relive the new generation era to find the best and some of the worst of the time period often forgotten. Brennan Shaw Survivor Series 92 to Brennan Shaw Survivor Series 7. Look beyond just the pay-per-views. Examine the weekly TV, see what worked, what could have what could have worked, and what failed. JP, how are you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Doing good. Ready for some uh, 94... Uh, road to WrestleMania, so ready to get at it. Yourself? Yeah, I mean, uh, coming off the heels of a pretty good Mania current day, it's kind of good to be on the path to a, another good Mania. Yes, um, yes. In our timeline, so. Yes, very fun. Uh, WrestleMania, uh, that it experienced some crazy aftermath of, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Cody Rhodes hate. I don't, I don't think everyone quit wrestling, but it sounded like at first everyone was going right. to. Right. Not me, but just some of the super fans that have exactly. no lives. So. It's so weird. I don't, like the the over comparisons of it. You know, JC's brought it up too. Like, just the you know, what if Austin would have lost that Mania fourteen? Like, come on. Like, yeah. Are we really doing this right now? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I know if I was like. When, just because Cody Rhodes went to AEW, in my eyes, is like made him a superstar, but like he wasn't. Like Stardust no. was, Stardust was nothing. He was, you know, like I mean, he was not a major superstar. Right. Like, uh, yeah. At, I, don't, at any I don't get the whole Cody Rhodes. Type. Like he's cool or whatever. He's fine, but like I don't like he like. Can you imagine how bad they would be right now if he was the champion and the Bloodline was dead? Like nothing. Like. Like, it would be Rey Mysterio winning it all over again. Like, who is he, who's going to challenge him? Yeah. Um, what, he'd be, he'd have the title for like six months and then you wasted this. You know, like, this should be something huge when it happens, not just because this is the guy, the flavor of the month or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just because he jumped ship. I mean, that's really right. all it was. Right, right, right. So, so. Yeah. and then Kenny Omega will do it in like six months. He'll jump ship or something, and they'll be like, "Oh, he should have done it." And, yeah, you know, something Oops. else will happen. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. All right, should we get at it? Yes, sir. And let's let's go to some uh, going back. So we got some Monday Night Raws. We got about five six weeks before WrestleMania, so we're gonna get through some of these Raws and Superstars, with kind of the final builds. Uh, to get some of these matches on the show, because it's pretty, before this week, it was pretty empty, There's the card, but this is going to really fill it out for what the Mania uh, 10 card becomes. So, right. uh, we'll go, we're going to go to the Raw from 2-7, uh, uh, so, so from, but taped back on January 31st. Uh, and so we taught, we start with our guest commentator, uh, this is all time bad, but Bash oh, Booker, God. uh, you thought Crush was bad. Right. I, I didn't hate Crush. This this is all time. Just uh, constantly eating food throughout the whole thing. Like, at, talking about nachos. Like, uh, if you have any good lines for him, you might as well bring him up now. But it was just... No. There's, like, he makes, like, fart puns and stuff, and it's just so bad. Like, it's... I don't know who this, like, appeals to, or... I don't, I, I don't know if Vince was like, was he battling IRS and Jenny Craig at the same time? Yeah, exactly, like, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was something, but. It was, it was terrible. Whatever right. Whatever it was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it never was. Uh, so, we'll just kind of exclude his commentary. If, I, if anyone wants to rewatch this and get us a specific fat lines, uh, <laughs> joke lines, we could definitely get that in another time. But, uh, so we start off with the, the smoking guns. Uh, it's a good, good team to kind of start off like they get, they get a hot entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a team that's been doing nothing and we'll see if they even do anything to WrestleMania, but just kind of, uh, you know, kind of come out. They get the big pop, get the, get the, get the, uh, the crowd started. Uh, nothing too much there to add. Yeah. Yeah. They're flat. Um, they're still kind of like, fun to watch in the ring but like that only goes so far as we've seen with like adam bomb like even men on a mission pick, have gotten into um like a serious match or two yeah. uh, at least they're way more over with the crowd so yeah. uh smoking guns need to do something soon to avoid just falling into that like stale adam bomb squash every week kind of thing which they're kind of already there but yeah nothing really um nothing really good here with them just 
same old rinse and repeat, I guess. Yep. Then once you get to the next uh, segment, okay. these are your, your guys. Yeah. Yeah. So we got an um, interview with Owen from All American, which is crazy that this is still a show. But um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you like when they say that? I'm why like, is it not? Oh, a, why is it? Why is it not on the network? The number right. one question. I. <laughs> well, that, yeah. That's too, like. Like, just the random stuff they have thrown on the network, you would think they would throw this on there because of how short-lived it is, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, Owen oh, just saying how he'll never forget, how he'll never forget how Brett cost him the titles. It's, like, kind of really playing... Like, it's this storyline is so good that both guys have a point, and, like, depending on how big of a fan you are of Brett or if you're a guy that's not so hot on Brett, like, you're really riding with Owen here... Um, they play it up so perfect. Like Brett even says, like he sees no other way around it, so he's good here. Like like to to fight Owen. So like you know he's been so um, against wrestling Owen, but now he's just kind of accepted that since Owen's going to go this far with it and and you know keep going, that he just sees no other way around. So he kind of he's kind of like the you know it's 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 weird. It's not like biblical or anything like that, but it's almost like the dying on your sword kind of thing where you just have to do it. Like you have to. Yep fight you know because you're not you're not going to back down like you're this noble guy brett is so it's like it's pretty cool that um it's not just like this uh cut and paste brother versus brother it's a little deeper than that with like the mental anguish of it i guess you could say um you know so if you want to say i'm i'm overdoing it people can but i just love brett and owen um and it's so different from everything else they've done in, in the wwf you know you have like big guys fighting monsters, you have, you know, athletic contests, or whatever, you have, like, a, a heated feud, but, like, something like this is so personal, so, um, I think they do a really good job building that and making you really feel it, and then, what the, the WWF has done, like, very often in things we've seen, even if it's smaller, is they'll follow up a segment like this with a match from the person involved, so. Yep, yep, um, great timing. Yeah, and I, I love that, I love that it just keeps you in it, so, like, so we get an Owen Hart squash and um, great character work here where Owen acts like he's going to give the kid the, the bread glasses because, you know, he wears them sometimes too. And he just rips them up right in front of the kid, which was awesome. Like, if you're that kid, you're probably pissed off and you're probably like, what the fuck? Like, I, I just came, I'm just a little kid, like, watching wrestling and he just embarrassed yeah. me. But Owen is so awesome. Um, and he even wins with the sharpshooter too, so. Just rubbing it into Brett, like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna bury everything you stand for kind of thing and make yep. it better in my vision. So, great, great stuff from Owen here. Yep. And then we, uh, kind of move on to our main events. Uh, the only thing I had from that was, uh, sorry, one other thing I, I just wanted to note was that it was kind of weird that, like, Brett didn't push back on the fact that, like, Tony just made him fight Owen. Like, I feel like it's like a storyline they could have went into. Uh, the fact that it was just like, oh, Brett, you have to fight Owen, versus like, like just kind of randomly thrown up there, versus like Brett being like, all right, accept your challenge. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird because Brett was like, originally was under, like his old thing back at Rumble was like, I'm never going to fight Owen. And then all of a sudden, like, Jack Tunney just kind of says, you're fighting him? And he's like, sure, what the hell? Like, well, it feels well, like maybe I, I missed think, something. Yeah, I think, I think you're forgetting the main thing that Tunney is Canadian and Canadians don't argue. <laughs> So, <laughs> right, you know, can, yeah, Canadians will not argue with each other. They're just, you know, <laughs> they're just going to let it go. So, I mean, that's, all right, all right. that's that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. I, there was just one storyline that I always thought kind of here was a little weird. They kind of did, like, wrap up. But, right. but the stuff between them is great. So, and it's been since Survivor Series. It's been awesome. Mm-hmm. So, we can move to our, our, our main event, which is the IRS versus uh, Marty Jannetty. <laughs> kind of in a random, random match. Um Set, but they've been setting this this kind of interweaving feud we kind of talked about before with you kind of got uh, one two three kid and Marty Janetti like kind of going after IRS but kind of going after Johnny Polo Razor Ramon kind of out there as well like and then you got Sue Razor with like Sean and Diesel like it's kind of all these little like feuds together which is kind of cool right it's definitely very attitudey esque right of just kind of a lot going on uh, at times I put that there's almost too much going on here in this yeah hard, like figure out, like, what's going on in this match, even for an IRS match, like, he obviously slows it down with his headlocks and such, but just, you got Johnny Polo coming out, you get the Quebecers coming out, they don't even show the Quebecers come out, which is kind of weird, um, uh, and it just kind of all ends this, you know, it's a pretty decent match, Marty J obviously gets a ton of, a uh, ton of pop, but, uh, basically the kind of end just 
falls apart with uh, mm-hmm. Razor and IRS getting into it. Uh, the Quebecers kind of attack Razor, and then Razor after the match kind of says that he wants a match with with Marty versus the Quebecers. So it's weird. I don't want your three kids injured, so it's kind of weird they've kind of pigeoned uh, Razor into this feud. But obviously, I think they just think they have a good chemistry here with with Marty uh, trying to get, get use out of him uh, for some big time matches on Raw. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, you know, it's um, weird that you said that the attitude era thing because I have in my notes that this. Uh, Vince Russo must have been in attendance for this match. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, this was his inspiration. Because, yeah, it is a little bit convoluted. Like, I don't think they had to go as far with all the different, you know, interferences and, like, just, like, mashups they did with this. Um, but it, it, I guess they're just trying to make, like, guys like IRS more interesting or something. I don't know. But, um, you know, like on paper, an IRS versus Marty match doesn't really do it for me. But right, yeah, you know, you it's add not, Razor to it, so right. It sounds like a Coliseum like video type match, right? Like just right. Kind of two random guys. But they kind of built this up with three or four weeks of different things, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, between like IRS stealing the briefcase, uh, or again, this briefcase restolen by one, two, three. Like they've done a decent job of it. I, I, Marty, you know, one of my notes here was also that Marty comes out to a huge pop. Like he's still well over his music's well known. Like, it's, uh, really kind of like it's right. used in this kind of role. Yeah, yeah, Marty's the, he's just the plug-and-play guy. Like, he, like yeah. he can pretty much do anything you need him to. Like, he can work a tag match. He can, um, be the baby face against your, your dominant heel. He can be the guy that's going to set up a newcomer. Um, he's, he's like the five-tool player, so he's just, yep. you know, you can throw him and do anything. Yeah, um, then yeah go ahead. Uh, well, I was going I, I to do the report, the WrestleMania report, but I don't know if you want to... Well, yeah, there's, a, there's a quick Sparky Plug uh, oh, okay. squash match. Um, as I had in my notes, he's been pretty impressive so far. Like They call his top rope knee the overhead cam, so that, that got a name now. Um, and then just to piggyback with that, there was a Crush versus Jobber match as well that was boring as all hell. That He went to the leg drop, and it's just... I, uh, I don't know, it was so bad. Crush just did not do anything for me in that Jobber match, so just wanted to combine those quick little squash matches before you yeah. get to that. Yeah, so there's also a report. Uh, I thought I had it, whatever, before or after the Sparky match, but there's just some big things there. One, the event sold out. Two, they're mm-hmm. going to have a fan fest, right? So we think about kind of how WrestleMania is now, but right. early stand fest, which just sounds awesome, right? I remember, like, seeing it and be like, this looks awesome. Like, you got to be with uh, Undertaker, and th- or Paul Bear, I think, actually, but just, like, the way it looked, the wrestling figures, like, it looked awesome. Like, I want to go back in time to go to go to this thing. Um, and then one of the newer matches that, that was announced uh, was Macho and Crush would do a false, false count anywhere in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, kind of, Kind of crazy new match, something concept. I don't think they've done in WWF yet. Uh, so you know, kind of a gimmick. You know, we've kind of had a ladder match announced last last week, and now this match. You know, this match announced this week, and we'll have another kind of interesting gimmick match next week. Um, so a lot of lot of cool stuff coming out of the. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I I never thought about that. You're right that the ladder match is new, and this is probably new as well. I know. Well, that's later on too with Cactus Jack and Sullivan versus Nasties. That's a False count anywhere. That's later than this. So yeah, I wonder if WCW did it. Even I feel like um, they had. I feel like other places had. And I feel like right. WWF had before, like in that way, but never definitely had, like a pay per view and like announced. Like I and think this, kind of had right, and, and this one's kind of different too. They do the weird. Uh, you have to get back to the ring by the ten count thing. Yeah, like most most false count anywhere are you just, just pin. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's weird, yeah, but yeah, definitely weird. Yeah, and. and yeah, it's definitely interesting that they kind of came up with this concept. I'm not sure why, like, what the point of it was. Mm-hmm. It, I haven't read anything in the Observer to kind of say, like, why they wanted to do this, but they were doing it at house shows. So, like, obviously they felt this was a more effective match than having, like you mentioned, Crush boring match than having Crush just fight by himself. So they obviously went this way with it uh, than having him just a straight singles match. Right, right. Uh, and then we go off the air announcing that there will be a tag team title match between the Quebecers and Razor and... Uh, Razor and Marty uh, in two weeks, but we got a dog show in between, so we won't be uh, seeing seeing that next week. So, yeah, and they do this weird like uh, men on a mission, bushwhackers, doink and dink like thing where they're all together, like like in the camera's face to close the show. It's, like 
such like nightmare fuel. Like it's so weird to <laughs> put all those guys together. So um, yeah, different. Uh, definitely a different ending for sure. Yeah. All right. So then we uh, go on to, yeah. So we go on to the uh, two twelve edition of Superstars. So we're gonna get back to back Superstars here now because, like you said, the next Raw is preempted. So <clears throat> a little different feel here. Um, Stan Lane on commentary here just exudes corniness. God, he is so terrible. Um, when he's just you know with Vince and it's just cheesy smile and yep, it's just so bad. Um. Speaking of bad, we get another crush squash match. Like he wins at the cranium crunch here, at least not just some simple leg job. So he's a little bit more inspired. But I don't know, crush is just losing some steam for me. Like I was really into him in '93, and like, like you know, we talked about like when we like did our first podcast, we like ranked guys, did all this stuff. I never would have thought I would like '93 um, crush at all, and then liking I liked him a lot more than heel crush, which I never would have thought either. Like, looking back, so, I don't know, I'm just not really feeling this heel persona, he's just kind of boring. Um, One of my notes is, like, his, one, his, like, music's terrible. Right. Um, So it's, like, very lame music. Uh, And then, I I think we liked the heel crush when he did the stuff with Savage, but since then it's kind of been lame. Yeah, the turn, right, the the turn itself was awesome, and then, like, the... They, I don't, I don't know, like taking Savage off TV or whatever they do might have yeah. like slowed it down, but yeah, it's just not the same anymore. And like this Brett Owen feud has just like encapsulated everything. So, um, I feel like they've backed off more with this one, but maybe, maybe he can gain a little bit more steam throughout the year. We'll see. But yeah, right now I'm just not really feeling crushed. And then, uh, we do get a quick update with Gorilla. Um, and they got these like, these denim jackets with like Savage, Brett, Luger, and Taker stitched in that were pretty cool. Like especially like '94 fashion wise, you know that's um, Brett inspired when it's the Canadian tuxedo. So yeah, um, they got that going, and then they do this like great rundown of Brett's career. Like they start going through like you know his moments and his matches and stuff like that, and that that's something they really haven't done that much of either. Like like you know delve into the past like that. Um, no, it's yeah. You know, they're not really big on that in general, but then, then especially this time, they're not doing that. So that was pretty cool. You know, being a huge Brett fan, I, I really popped seeing that. Um, and then they, like, go to Owen wearing wearing Brett's glasses saying he's better than Brett. Like, it's just such good stuff, like, seeing these two, like, being the focus. They're pretty much the focus of the whole, like, promotion, I guess you could say right now. And it's, like, it's weird to have, like, Yoko kind of playing second fiddle. But it's also setting the stage for what's going to come, so it's kind of necessary um, that the, this feud is going to have to get this much importance going forward. Yep. And uh, one of the things I also noticed is that, like they really didn't show Ric Flair in his title win. Like they kind of showed like all the other wins, or, or maybe I just didn't notice. I was trying to look for it. Like the Flair win was more of him just holding the title than like him pinning Flair. Right. Right. Interesting, especially like later on where they would like. Both companies, you know, WCW and WWE, like if they had a footage of a guy pinning a guy in the other, you know, in the other fed, they would show it big time, like him being one pin one two three. Here they kind of like didn't show it, so it's interesting to kind of. See I that. wonder. I wonder if it's because like they were like so amicable, like letting Flair go, like you know, like maybe yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't any bad blood. There wasn't like any, you know. I don't know. I don't know if that's it, that's why, but they they were pretty but, good. With he them. was back at WCW by now, right or no? Uh, I want to say it's. I know that flair for the gold stuff started happening. Yeah. In the summer, maybe so. May, he might still be a month or two off, but he might have been making like a Clash of the Champions appearances or something like that. But I know flair for the gold. Uh, I don't think it starts for like another month or two, so maybe not. But hey, I, I I haven't watched that. Um, period of WCW for a while, so it could be close. Alright. Uh, then we get a quick Bam Bam. I'll, I'll go move along. We got a Bam Bam Bigelow squash. Uh, kind of standard nothing, just talking about him with Doink. Uh, and then we get the big return. Uh, the Bushwhackers back? Question mark. Like, what is going on here? Like, it makes no sense. There was giving, <laughs> again, no promo of them coming back, so like, okay, if maybe someone like, hasn't been watching for a while, like, maybe they get excited by the Bushwhackers, but, like, nothing's been mentioned of them. They're just back wrestling. Uh, they fight an amazing duel, though, a very 
Barry Harwood to Reno Riggins. So just like an all-timer uh, jobber team uh, of known jobbers. But a team, again, that gets the crowd fired up. So like a team that I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't hate, right? Mm-hmm. But like it's just random for them not to give like pub publicity or not have them come out first to get your superstars, you know, started, right? Like it's it just, it's weird timing. Like I would just have them come out first because like you're going to maybe catch fans that haven't watched in a while. Uh, you're like, oh, yeah, I know the Bushwhackers. Like, everyone knows the Bushwhackers, I feel like, uh, especially right. back in the 90s, right? So kind of interesting to have them back. They, they get the crowd into this stuff, so I'm, I don't hate them as much as other people hate them. And I know, you know, a lot of people hate them because of how great they were as sheep herders. But right. I, they do exactly what they're supposed to do, right? They're supposed to entertain the crowd. They're supposed to get everyone pumped up. They get the crowd into it. You know, I'm sure they, they killed a lull that was going on at this taping at the time. So it probably was pretty cool to see them back, but... Just kind of interesting. We'll see how much we see of them um, throughout this time. Like, if they're, like, one and done or they're just used to beef up the tag team division, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not going to say I hate the Bushwhackers. I'm going to say I fucking hate the Bushwhackers. <laughs> like, this, this. So, I have in my notes that no promotion should have them and Face Doink at the same time. Um, so, Face Doink is probably number one on my shit list. They're probably right there. And that's only because of what you just said. Um, I've been watching, like, I've been on, like, a real big 80s kick lately. For some reason, I just go, like, down this, like, YouTube rabbit hole and start watching, like, if I watch one thing from a certain era or something, I get into it. And I have watched a lot of, like, the Sheep Herder stuff um, versus, like, the Fabs back in the day. And they're so good. Like, they're so good as, like, bloodthirsty heels. It's awesome. And then to see them like this, it just sucks. And I know it's not their fault. And, like... You know, um, for them to like make such a switch does speak to their talent, you know, like to, to go from that level of brawlers and everything like yeah. that to this, like, and what they do is needed, like for the kids and everything. It's a kid's era of the promotion. Um, I'm glad they took the money and don't have to like slice their heads open anymore and that kind of thing. But God, I hate seeing them wrestle like this era. <laughs> it's so bad. It, but I, I will say this though. I will say the match was like a minute long. So it's like, yeah. It doesn't hurt but, anything, you know. But we had that one match where they were like against the uh, God, the Beverly's or something like that. Right, it was like yeah, a thirty, it was like a thirty-minute match. So <laughs> yeah, you're always okay. nervous, like you never know what you're going to get. Right. It, it was like Bo Beverly and somebody versus yeah. them. Like, like it wasn't even the real Beverly Brothers, I think. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I'm having flashbacks of it. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's probably one of the things that did it for me too. I had like PTSD with the Bushwhackers, but. Um, We'll see. I, I'll give them a chance. I'll say that. Like, face Doink, I don't think there's any, like, coming back from. But um, Bushwhackers, I'll, I'll probably give them a chance and probably lay off the 80s wrestling for a little bit, and that'll help. All right. Good. Yeah. So um, from there, we get another guy that's kind of, like, dead in the water. We get Yes. Guys I couldn't believe he was out here. I couldn't believe same, he was here. Same thing. Same thing. So, like, they're, they're, they're pumping um, Earthquake and Borga, you know, like, to have this match, which we, we know what's going to happen. But... I cannot believe he's still, like, on the tapings and everything like that. Like, they must have just needed to fill time or something. I, I could have swore he was already gone. Yeah. Um, but, at least by then. But. Yeah, but it's weird they also mentioned he's going to fight Earthquake. You kind of said it. R- WrestleMania. Like, when's that match going to ha- Like, are they going to do any build or it's just, like, two random right. guys throw together? Right. You know, it's kind of yeah, it's, weird. And, and Earthquake's Canadian. He's not even, like, defending the U.S. Like, he's... You know, it's weird. I don't know. I guess Canada has a problem with uh, Finland now, all of a sudden. But who, so. has, who has a problem with Finland? Well, I, you know, Russia maybe now. But besides, <laughs> but, but right. back in 93, like, exactly. Finland was like the most neutral country. It's just so right. weird. Yeah, it's, 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 Ludwig Borges won his course. Like, he had the one good, you know, feud. Um, and then he kind of, like, sparked it again with Luger and stuff. It was okay, but he's he's kind of run his course now. He's kind of out of there, so. Um, and then we get, so, oh, so we didn't mention earlier, we did get a face-to-face with Jim Ross, with, um, Brett as well, so, like, Brett saying that he's, like, he has this line where he says, like, you know, he's the best he's been in his career physically, um, but emotionally he's a little off, like, he doesn't know how that's gonna affect his game, so, like, the, the raw emotion there was awesome, and he, like, plays the anxious role really well. Um, and then he says something like he can't prepare for anything not knowing who will win out of Luger and Yoko. So just adding that, like, uh, layer to WrestleMania is pretty cool. Like, you can't, like, really 
get yourself ready to see uh, Brett Luger or Brett Yoko main event because you don't know who's going to win. So um, them just kind of like pushing that through line is pretty cool. Yep, you want to get the last match? Yep, so then we got uh, Savage versus Martel, Randy Savage versus Rick Martel. And this just seems like it's from a different taping for some reason. Um, I don't know if it is, but Savage gets this, like, nasty lump under his eye early on, too. Like, I don't know. I was trying to, like, rewind it and see where Martel caught him. I couldn't really tell. Um, but he has, like, a, a little mouse under his eyes bleeding. So, and like I said, I've been watching a lot of 80s stuff. This match, like, is plucked out of the 80s. Like, they're, they're working yep. this, like, slow build. So, at first, I'm kind of like, all right, you know, like, I'm watching 94. Like, I'm kind of expecting something different, but I should have known with these two that they're going to make you earn it. So, um, it's slow at first, but then they really start to get, like, this hot pace going, which is awesome. Um, you know, both fabulous workers here, Martell and Savage, so, you know, don't expect anything less. Um, Savage does eventually get the top rope elbow for the win, and the crowd is just going crazy. So, yeah, pretty, pretty solid match between these two. Nothing crazy, but for... You know, an episode of Superstars, this is a, this is about as good as you're gonna get. Um, yeah. Seeing these two guys and Savage can just still go like, uh, yeah. I just don't see what they don't, they don't see in him. What's, what's weird on this match is that like, they skip the entrance of Macho Man, like they miss his song, like the beginning of it, like he's coming down the aisle when they return from commercial, like the best part is the pop he gets. Right, right. Like, like why do they skip that? Uh, he was also wearing an amazing mania, WWE mania jackets. Uh, and my next note is just why he's wasted in 1983 and 94. Like, just right. a guy that can, that can go. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty rough. But yeah, like a standard kind of, uh, you know, house show solid match that both guys could go. Uh, but in my first note from Superstars, when they announced it at the beginning of Superstars, it was like, model and Rick Marta, or the model and Macho Man fighting. Like, I'm like, so random. Like, it's just, is, it is another random match with like no build or anything to do with anyone. So, it, we kind of been getting these re- recently where it's like, okay, they're cool and ideas, but like, what's the point of it? Right, right. Um, the only thing I had to then, uh, next week they talk about the funeral parlors coming back, which is kind of cool. And mm-hmm. again, something I would have never thought was happening at this time. Like, I thought Paul Bear would have been off the TV for like six months. Uh, and we also, we, in the, the WrestleMania report, we also got, I don't know if you wrote this down, but we got, Elijah Blaze is going to defend her title at WrestleMania versus a Debbie Combs. Uh, oh, yeah, it, yeah. It's going to be her first title defense, too. They announced it's like so random. Like, why do they bring this back, the, the WWE women's? division if they're not going to give any time or, like, discussion about it. So, even Debbie Combs isn't going to make it to Mania, so this this is kind of a storyline of this, like, of of, of these these uh, WrestleMania reports is them trying to announce a WrestleMania women's match and not being able to do it, so. Right. Uh, let's move on to the next Superstars, uh, which is from 219. Uh, we get a random match, they announced this last time as well, that this is going to be Owen, Owen Hart versus Marty Jannetty. Uh, and so really kind of crazy. They uh, kind of start, you know, announce this match again, no build, but then right into it, great match to start off to. Yeah. The crowd goes nuts for Marty coming out. Um, two guys that can really go fast paced. This, I think Owen's really in a groove right now, uh, uh, fighting it off. I, I just say that Marty's just so hot. The crowd loves him. He's really consistent. They come back. Um, uh, again, we get the Owen Hart. Uh, ripping the shades, uh, right? Uh, movements. They both do a kick up, pick up spots. You get a uh, ton of uh, pinfalls throughout this match. Uh, you know, one two counts, which this mm-hmm. really isn't known for. Really fun match. The crowd really gets into it. The, the I don't think Owen gets the heat as much at this time. Like he's not getting the negative boost, and again, could just be the. This taping is kind of fresh off Royal Rumble, so if you didn't see Royal Rumble, you might have not really noticed a heel. Right. Uh, also, the place seems pretty empty. Like, it definitely seems like there's a lot of missing seats uh, throughout the place. So, uh, f- and, then Bar- and then Owen ends up winning on the sharpshooter. So, fun match to start off. Marty's just been a really big surprise to me throughout this time. Uh, he's been their utility player, which just doesn't sound like a guy like, you know, the guy rely- they rely on is Marty Gennetti. But he has been, right? He just he helped us on Raw, and he's helping us off to start the Superstar. 
helping Brig give a credible win to Owen Hart, his really first one since since he's kind of churned heel. Yeah, it, what you said um, holds so true when you said, like, he's not really getting booed yet as his heel, and I think part of that's because they're working this, like, fast-paced style against each other, so you're not really, like, you're kind of in awe of Owen as well. Like, he's he's keeping up with Marty the whole match. He's doing a lot of the same, you know, high-flying stuff that Marty does, so you don't really want to boo him. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if he kind of slows that style down a little bit or if it plays part of the Brett storyline in that he's trying to one-up Brett with that style. So that's going to be kind of interesting um, to see going forward. And uh, what they, you know, like what they've normally done is they follow this match with comments from Brett. So, like, just, again, good synchronization here. Um, and I just wrote my notes, like, this is just the best stuff in the promotion by far that, to me, the best stuff we've seen since we started this is this storyline. And it's really just the beginning of it. So I hope, like, this kind of trend of them mixing this stuff in, like Brett's comments after an Owen match or, or whatever, I hope this continues going forward. Um, and then we do get Johnny Polo joining Vince on commentary from that, which yep. is kind of exciting. So kind of a uh, finally a decent um, guy on commentary with him, yep. at least. Uh, yeah, that's my know. first note. I, 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 that was my first note. Says I like this. <laughs> Replaces. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I just I really like this. So. And like Raven, Johnny Polo, whoever, um, Scotty the Body, he is such. A, like we talked about Marty being a five tool player in the ring. He is a five tool player like in the business. Period. Like he's like CM Punk. Like CM Punk did. You know whatever your opinions on him now, whatever. But like he was a good on commentary. He was good in the ring. He was good with ideas backstage, that kind of thing. Like, Raven is that same kind of guy. Like, he can get on commentary, and he knows how to play it. He could be a manager. He knows how to do it. He can be the chicken shit heel. He could be this brooding, you know, um, heel ECW. He could be – he just plays so many roles so well. So, um, just seeing him on commentary here with Vince, like, he knows how to be the lawler, whoever, how to play off of him instead of being, like, staying lame, being the same cheesy – you know, same guy as Vince, I guess. Um, and then after, you know, he joins him, we do get Quang versus Jobber. So um, I like, like, in this like this kind of squash match, I like where, like, the Jobber gets early hope spots. Like, he's, you know, beating on beating on a guy for a second, and then Quang just kind of stuts him or cuts him off with this, like, stiff throat thrust, which is pretty cool. Um, then he hits him with a sidekick, so... Nothing crazy, but kind of in the in the vein of early Adam Bomb, where he's just kind of like showing his offense off a little bit. And it's yeah. Not really, not really too much meat on the bones, but just something fun to watch. Um, and then speaking of and not something fun to watch, we get a face to face with Stan Lane. Oh, I thought now, you were talking about something different. Okay. No. Oh, that's coming next. Yeah, you can you can have that one. We we uh we get Stan Lane running the face to face now. So. If he wasn't corny and cheesy and, and plain enough, um, standing next to Vince, he gets, they gave him his own segment. So I guess Vince just loves those pearly whites, I yeah. guess, is what it is. Well, they also make it seem like he left the booth to go do this face-to-face, which is right. so weird. Like, right, and that's why Paul took over. Yeah, I'm like a 10-year-old, so I didn't get this, like, but... Clearly, it's a different productions, like. <laughs> right. They fooled me, but, you know, it, it's clearly just not. Not very uh, true. Well, so well, that's what Vince is like. These little ten-year-old motherfuckers will never yeah, know idiots. the difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody's on like the uh, RSPW or something. Yeah. Or something <laughs> 20s, you know. So, uh, so then, yeah, Sean just speaks on the ladder match and talks about how unprecedented it is. Um, you know, with with Razor and, and how they're going to have this uh, this one uh, it's like once in a lifetime match that's coming up. So. Just some words from Sean here on the ladder match that uh, Stan Lane didn't really offer much to as well, so kind of boring. Right. Are you ready for the women's match? Is this the one you're talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah. Oh, you hated this? Oh, I, I didn't oh. hate it. I didn't think the crowd hated it either. I didn't think so. We get we get our first title offense, which again in the last uh, WrestleMania preview they mentioned that it was going to be. WrestleMania, the Lunger Blaze is going to do her first title match, but instead we get a match here versus Heidi Lee Morgan. Again, so random, no build. It's it's a 
I, I, it's not that, suppose, it's not treated as a jobber match, so it's weird that, like, they've even mentioned this on the Superstars before, or even at the beginning, because it's not, Heidi Lee Morgan is, the way they make it out is that she's not a jobber, like, she's a legit contender, could win this. I thought mm-hmm. the crowd was really into this, this match, too, for, again, maybe it's just looking back, but, like, you, I just think about the attitude here of, like, women's matches, of, like, the crowd only being into it for, other right. stuff for wrestling, right? And, until you kind of got you know, the Trish Trash and the worlds like that. But uh, I thought that the crowd was really into this for for what it was. Uh, I thought Wondra again is pretty smooth. She's very quick. Uh, she did an awesome bridge to win. Uh, but I actually think she hurt her back because she was literally acting in pain mm-hmm. uh, after the match. Like you know, for a, a first title defense, you think she'd be like celebrating big and going over, but she legitimately looked in pain. So. Um, the big question was that, then, who's way supposed to fight someone, you know, next? Uh, right. I mentioned that. It's like, she doesn't really have any contenders. They haven't built up anyone. So just a random that they're going to throw out this match and then kind of just say, yep, oh, she won, and she's still going to have a WrestleMania title defense. Uh, so I, I didn't hate this. I want to hear yours. But I, I thought the crowd was pretty much into it. I think Elijah Bates is very talented. Uh, yeah. It's time for it. I, I, see, I, that's my thing. So, like... Alundra Blaze looked great. Heidi Lee Morgan was even kind of like feisty in this, but she looked like a fucking Avon lady out there. Like, what? They got Alundra Blaze like all dolled up. She looks great. She's athletic. And then Heidi Lee Morgan is just so tiny and like frail. So, like, it doesn't do a good job of like, it, it, to me, I thought it was a squash match at first. Then I realized like Heidi Lee Morgan's kind of like a name in women's wrestling, I guess. Yeah. Um, for this time. So but they didn't treat it as such, right? They didn't treat it. Yeah, yeah as such. and I I felt like it looked like just visually it looked like a squash match, um, you know, based on the two opponents. But no, it was a decent match. Like it wasn't anything crazy, but um, there was a nice like Northern Lights suplex that she went with. I thought she hit that really well, and like you said, the crowd really was into it. So I didn't really hate this or anything. I just I just I think the opponent could have been better, and it does get way better soon. So. Um, I'm actually excited to see, like, Alundra Blaze's run and see where that goes. Yeah, well, I'll be interested to see what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, because this, it's off to a bad start. They announced a different opponent last week. Uh, she right. randomly fights here. They, they're in the WrestleMania preview. I don't know which one it is. They just say she's fighting someone. Like, so it's, it's kind of yeah. weird. Well, like, so. some of the girls that are coming in, I, I believe, by summer, are is going to turn the division on its head, so I can't wait for that. It'll be interesting, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. Yeah. So, um, from there, we get an earthquake squash. So, um, this is kind of fun. Like, he steps on the jobber's chest. He even throws a drop kick. So, he's really, earthquake's really, like, invigorated on his little comeback here. Yes. Um, you know, he was stale before he left, and then he kind of, like, He's, like, showing this extra burst lately, which is pretty cool. And like, this is where, what we talked about earlier, he calls out Ludwig Borger for WrestleMania, um, like, in his little um, pop-in video there. So that was weird, too. Like, this kind of came out of nowhere. Um, there's, like, no involvement between the two, and he's calling him out for Mania. Like, the, the baby face is calling out the heel. So it's kind of weird. Um, he does the aftershock and gets the win, so... Just, it's at least fun with Earthquake. I'm enjoying seeing his little comeback. Um, yes, very much so. And then following that, we do get the aforementioned funeral parlor with Yokozuna, uh, Paul Bear hosting this. And, like, Cornette comes out, and he says, like, he's tired of this uh, creature feature mumbo-jumbo. So, like, he's really good on the mic. And I love, like, the aesthetic of the funeral parlor, like, specifically the funeral parlor, like, it looks like it's almost like shot on film or something. Like it's like a uh, like what do they call those WrestleMania matches with like Undertaker and AJ Styles and like what are the, I forget what they call that. Oh uh, yeah, uh, cinematic matches or whatever. Like yeah, it's, it's almost shot kind of like that. It looks really cool. Um, and just I don't know, like the smoke and everything. Like like a lot of the bigger moments of like the early '90s are in the funeral parlor with like Warrior and, and Taker and jake and all this kind of thing so it's just a really cool aesthetic and it kind of brings me back to that um bear like they're they're you know running off at the mouth and then bear kind of like reminds them of luger still you know like don't lose focus of luger and then Cornette calls out calls luger crooked uh prompting him to come out so 
Um, Luger looks kind of weird in this setting. Like everything's all dark and everything. Luger comes out. Yeah. And it's like bright American tights. So it, it just looks weird. And then he just kind of like, um, reminds them of the SS Intrepid, like the body slam and everything. So a little back and forth to kind of build their portion of the Mania match. So you don't really lose sight on that with all the Brett and Owen things going on. So I thought this was a pretty good, you know, pretty good segment to do what it needed to do on this, um, part here. Yeah, the audio was a little off early on. Like, I could not hear Paul Bear. Like, his music was so loud. But I think that adds to, like, the aesthetics of the the funeral parlor. It was, like, the loud the music. Maybe not the loud music, but the funeral parlor music playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought every time Paul Bear spoke, he got a huge pop as well. Uh, and and uh, the, the, Cornette also talks a lot about SummerSlam 93, like the fact that Luger lost. Right. Uh, I thought their stare down looked good, and the pops were huge for the stare down. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Luger's got a little bit left in him. Like we're not sure. This kind of makes it seem like okay, maybe he does. He, he's not all. He's not dead from the water. So um, cool little ending there. Uh, to, to throw it yeah, out. yeah. Well, like you, like you were saying, you could definitely see like if you're a fan at this time, Luger winning the title at Mania, and, like like leaving Mania with the title. Like, because right. you can conceptually, like, you could say Brett and Owen can continue their feud without the belt. Like, they don't need the belt. So, um, I would see, I could see where most people would think Luger's going to be the champion coming out of Mania. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Uh, all right. And then we got, uh, Ross. Are we going to do plugs real quick? Yeah. So, um, you know, speaking of going down like a YouTube rabbit hole and things like that, I really, you know, I always, pump the youtube channel because i feel like people are if you're listening to this you kind of already know the podcast feed so the youtube feed like there's been so much good stuff and even like like what i love that they're doing is so smart is they're throwing up like little uh six to eight minute videos too on just just like going on sporkle which is something i always do like if i'm on the toilet at work or something like i'll go on (laughs) yep or you know whatever like it's just something um, to just keep you in, like, it's, it's something different. It's just not, it's not raw reviews or it's not just like, oh, what's the bloodline doing? It's not just that. It's, um, you know, intercontinental champions of the past or like they've done before or like different spins on, um, past shows or rankings of, uh, rosters from before. Just anything, you know, like anything you can really think of, it's there on the YouTube channel. So, um, I really want to guide people there and, you know, Fall or you know fall down that rabbit hole of just seeing like what you like because everything's there like even the podcasts are there so um, just at least subscribe to it you know even if you don't watch daily just subscribe and kind of dip your toe in when you can because um, they're putting out really great content so yep and then uh, you know my, I was gonna say there's been just great stuff uh, I'm, I'm They've kind of done newer stuff. They did a worst WrestleMania draft. There's been a lot of drafts. I've been loving those. Yeah. Uh, the worst WrestleMania draft. Uh, and then we, you know, myself, you know, we got Cronoso Monthly. Uh, has been moving along pretty well. We just did Survivor Series 87, uh, moving on to eight, 1988. So pretty cool stuff there as well. So listen, write, subscribe. And then also I did uh, with Andrew Atherton, uh, on the Pop Experience, I did a review of Star Wars, uh, well, live watch of, the New Hope episode four. So, uh, and he's got a ton of great stuff on the Pop Experience uh, as well, and, and the other sh- stream besides Orson's Connection. So, wanted to just get a plug for Andy there and his stuff. That's a uh, great to to listen to as a supplemental, you know, wrestling. Uh, all right, and listen to Pop stuff. So, yeah, listen um, to all the stuff that uh, Tim whores himself out to. Yes, every yes. other month. Oh, so. sorry, Star Wars. You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that generic thing. So, right. Uh, right. Yeah, great stuff on all the, all the feeds. Uh, so let's move on to the last Raw, uh, February 21st, live from the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, this is a live one, so we're going to get a pretty good action. To, I, I think we also get the return of Macho Man commentary, like you've been shitting on Stan Lane all, yes. all 45 minutes of this, and God, do we have so much, so much uh, uh, a ton of a ton of excitement back. His music blast, the crowd knows him. Like, he's just so over, like, just such a waste uh, that he's not with us, like, longer in the WWF, and he's not used more, but this is a great lift. Um, we start with 1-2-3-Kid and Razor Ramon versus Quebecers. Um, Razor's kind of, or sorry, 1-2-3-Kid's back. 
Um, he acts hurt throughout the whole match. So either he's selling the injury pretty well in his leg or he still is really hurt and not ready for competition. I don't think it slows him down too much, but I do notice like after any type of kick or like jump, he is like favoring the leg. So right. I, I guess sometimes when you have an injury, like afterwards, you're kind of like favoring that a little bit afterward. Like you're just still not, you're still not confident in it. But like, I, I felt like he looked at a lot of pain. Um, we, um, you know, I, I thought this match is again, another one that has a ton of chaos. Uh, throughout it, uh, we get a razor, uh, razor's edge on Johnny Polo during the middle of the match. Um, and the end kind of comes with, uh, you know, Diesel coming down the aisle. We get razor's edge. So D- Diesel, sorry, Diesel distracts one, two, three kid, which again is random that now Diesel's being involved in this. Uh, razor does a, a razor's edge on Pierre. Uh, and then all of a sudden we get Shawn Michaels breaking up the pin. Uh, it almost looked like <laughs> Shawn was a little late on the save there, but, uh, is I thought the ref actually hit three, but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it was kind of a crazy ending. Kind of weird that you know Razor Sean saves the 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 title from Razor having it. Uh, but I thought a fun kind of chaotic match. Quebecers are great sellers. One two three kid looks pretty good. He's definitely way over. And I mean Razor's just a superstar at this time. So fun match. Uh, Fick even did a accent Spanish accent on Razor's name at the end, which I love. So fun 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 match. Uh, to kick things off with the raw live raw, and you got great commentary thought from Macho. Like you just brought so much excitement about a possible title change and how great Razor is, and I, I thought it was a fun fun way to start Raw off. Yeah, so like what we mentioned before about the the previous tag match like being too convoluted and everything. This was like the right mix of um, like interference and guys coming out being involved because like it, it bleeds into each other's storylines. Yeah. And, I also put in my notes, like, I think it's safe to say that the click is forming here because, like, all four guys are, like, working with each other now. So, um, I thought this, like, I thought, like, the the way the finish of this match worked, like, Sean was a little bit late, but the idea to have, like, Nash come out, distract, and then Sean come out and interfere to make sure Razor doesn't get any more gold was pretty fun. Like, I thought it was, yep. it was good stuff. Um, and I just love the days of, like, heels helping out other heels kind of thing. So, it's pretty cool. And then I do have my notes as well with Kid favoring the legs. So I, I do believe you're onto something there. Um, that he's probably just like nervous about it still. Like it's not back to where it should be. So I guess we'll just have to track that as it goes on. Yep. Um, after that we get a random, random one-on-one match here with Bret Hart versus Tom Pritchard. Yep. So I don't know what the deal is here with Gigolo. If he's off doing something else and has had a my first notes. Right, right. First up, where's the gigolo? Yeah, he's not even out there. So there's something going on. I don't know if like if he's filming like an HBO series like Buff Battle or something. But uh, it's a uh, it's pretty weird pairing here. Um, Brett does have the pretty pretty sick pink on pink tights here too. Um, so early on in the match, like they're, they're just kind of working some holds, and then randomly Donnie Wahlberg calls in. So this really weird segment, like. Vince is talking to bring up, like, Marky Mark and stuff. It's just, like, Vince is just trying to prove to people that uh, he's cool. Like, he's, like, yeah, look, we have, we have this uh, New Kids on the Block, which by 94, weren't they kind of almost done, New Kids on the Block? Well, they even, uh, which I was always confused about, like, they actually don't call themselves New Kids on the Block. It's like N-Y-K-B. Uh, like, that's why I keep saying that. Like, they're not called that anymore. They're like. Oh, Okay. So it's like an, a- an acronym instead of saying it. So like, yeah, because so I, I missed the last lives. Yeah, yeah. My, I was more in uh, sync, Backstreet Boys era, <laughs> kind of thing. So I, I kind of missed this. Like, I never really like. I knew more Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch than anything else. But yeah, yeah. So um, just weird stuff. So after that, the the, the match is kind of continuing on, and um, Brett gets thrown to the outside, which. Owen comes out and helps Brett back in the ring after he's thrown inside, which was weird because, like, I know what Owen's trying to do. He's trying to throw him back in so he can get beat up. But right away, like, Brett ends up putting the sharpshooter on Pritchard and winning. Like, it's weird. Like, it doesn't lead to, like, Pritchard beating him down for a while and Owen looking on or nothing. So it was really weird that, like, like, Owen just tosses him to a win pretty much. I don't know if that's how it was planned to end, but it's kind of weird. Um, so yeah, odd finish, and then he kind of like invites Owen into the ring afterwards, like to, you know, to challenge him. So Brett's kind of starting to be a little bit more aggressive against Owen. You know, Owen 
physically putting his hands on him, I guess, le- leads to that. But I didn't think the match was all that great. I remember it being better than what it was. Um, it was more of a backdrop than anything else for uh, Wahlberg and, the, like, Owen Hart coming out. So, um, but yeah, like, the match itself wasn't this, like, you know, hidden gem or anything like that to me at least. Um, I don't know what you thought yeah. about it. Yeah, well, they also uh, – they mentioned that Yoko is going to face uh, Macho Man next week for the title. And oh, so yeah. They're a little preoccupied here about talking about how that, Macho, that Savage might have to face uh, Bret Hart for the title at Mania. So, like, it's a random, like, match they're going to have. And they're kind of, like, breaking up the WrestleMania main event. They're like – Macho's gonna step in for Yoko instead, so that was that was really weird. Uh, right. Sorry, sorry if you mentioned this, but Macho also got involved with Cornette uh, to grab the tennis racket uh, during the match. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Macho got involved as well uh, in this match, so that's kind of weird. I guess kind of setting up a little bit their feud uh, for next week, which again that match is random, but it makes sense that Macho would maybe get involved a little bit. Here. Right. And yeah, it was kind of dumb with the the. Uh, the celebration, like, Owen throws them in and thinks he, like, won. I sometimes hate that, like, a trope of wrestling. Like, this, like, turn your back and assume everything, like, went happened. Just like the Royal Rumble where you throw a guy over and, like, you celebrate, but you don't actually see him go over. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of like that was, like, wrestlers are a bunch of idiots, which right. maybe is true, but, yeah, it's a, it's definitely what makes Owen look a little stupid, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also we also talked then. Uh, anything else on the match? No, no, I'm but, good there. Yeah. And then we get to WrestleMania. They really talk about the celebrities, so they're really talking about this. Buck and Vinny, I don't know who the hell these guys are. No, no clue. But I don't remember them at all. Um, and then they really are, like, selling that Cy Sperling is going to be there. Like, yeah. he, must, he must have just been the it guy for, like, uh, six months of this time. But, like, they are really, really saying that he's going to be there. What a big what a big event. It's going to be him with him and uh, Howard Finkel. Uh, they've just run out some matches. Yoko Crush, Falls Count Everywhere, Razor... Razor and Shaw in the ladder match. We get Men of the Mission versus Quebecers, which I think we announced a couple times. They just have Elijah Blaze will be fighting. Again, this is just so random. They had him announce someone who we've never heard of in Debbie Combs. Now they just announced that she's fighting someone else, but not naming her. Earthquake and um, Lubit Borga. I was going to say Dino Bravo, but that's not true at all. Right. Lubit Borga. And then we get the mixed tag. Another you know, gimmicky match. We get the mixed tag. Uh, match. We got Doink and Dink versus Bam Bam and Luna uh, signed as well. So, uh, kind of random uh, mm-hmm. match there. They've obviously been feuding, but now the fact we got Luna and Doink kind of in there, um, you know, kind of adds a little bit more to it. So, right. I think the add on the matches. No, just a, a, um, a eclectic mix. I guess they're trying to go back to like the MSG house show days where they would throw random stuff on there. You know, it's going to be in Madison Square Garden. I guess that's where these, yeah. this Bucky and Vinny, they must be some New York local kind of thing. Because, yeah. I, I, you know, you got Howard Stern. I, I know a lot of, like, the, you know, like, sports guys or whatever from that time. But I've never even heard of these two before, um, much less seen them. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a little it's weird. Really, like, do even go, like, with Rob Bartlett, a guy who had been, you know. Yeah, that, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, Cy Sperling, like, the hair club for men, like, are you going to get Ron Popeil to come on next, too? Like, yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's like that. so random. Yeah, but they used, I mean, WrestleMania 2 is, like, loaded with the who's the beef lady, right? Like, That's I mean, true. They've always kind of yeah. had these, like, gimmicky, uh, you know, short terms. So, yeah, again. But they really, they're, like, really selling Cy Spurling. Like, he's probably been mentioned, yeah. the, mo- he's probably been mentioned the most on all these episodes we right. watched this week than anyone else. Um, probably catering to his audience, he thinks. Yeah, yes, a lot of, yeah, a lot of bold-headed men. Right. <laughs> Uh, you would go off the last little segment then? Yeah, so uh, then, like, Yoko, for some reason, like, I guess, you know, I guess, I don't know if they're listening backstage or what, but Yoko kind of, like, starts to come out a little bit, and it, it I don't know, it kind of, to me, like, I haven't watched the next Raw yet, but it kind of, like, makes it feel like this was, like, the taping of the next Raw, like, Yoko comes out and kind of taunts him, um, taunts Savage, like, seeing him get in the ring, like, they're going to fight, and it kind of ends the show. But it just feels like they were, like, going right into the next taping with this. Um, I don't know if the show, like, leads it off or anything, so I don't even know yeah. if that's true. But just the way it felt, like, it was kind of a, a weird ending. But it, it's still cool, though, because I like how Savage is featured. So I like him being back on commentary, but also being, like, a main event player at the same time. 
Yeah, and it's crazy that the Raw kind of ends with just two matches. Right. Yeah, right. it's like a crazy Raw. Both, I thought, really good matches. The, the first one had a lot more build. Uh, mm-hmm. It led more to WrestleMania. The second one, obviously, they wanted to get the Brett Owen storyline over somehow. Uh, right. It was, was a good match, and Brett's always solid there, so... Um, anything else that we missed? Or add, or? I think we're good. We're good, so we move on to awards then? Yes, sir. Alright, most uh, new gen outfits? Uh, I was going to go Brett Pink on Pink, but I did like the uh, the red look for 123 Kid and his little comeback, so I'm going to go with uh-huh. that. I got Macho Man's Macho uh, Mania outfit, oh, yeah. the War vs. Martel. Uh, most new gen performer? Ah. Uh, I'm going to go with Owen. Owen, Owen's okay. been pretty good, especially his interaction with the fans and stuff was good. Yep, I'm going to go with Marty Gennetti, a utility player, Mr. Reliable, Marty oh, Gennetti. Yeah. So, but two two solid matches that he was involved in. Well, I guess yeah, three, really, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep, three, three, yeah, yeah, the tag match. So three yep. three solid matches. So, uh, worst match or segments? Um, worst matches. Oh, it wasn't that long, so I can't really go to the Bushwhackers. Uh, I, th- I think you have to go Stan Lane. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. The Stan Lane face-to-face, definitely. Yeah, good call on that. Or just ever- everything Stan Lane, I think. Right, right. Uh, I'm just going to go to the... Uh, well, there was something. I'm trying to think of anything. Cause i got to save my w- women's comment for something else. about. Right. Uh, I'll go with Crush. Uh, oh, know. that's a good call. Crush. Like, and also, I don't know if I mentioned, but Crush's music music is terrible too. As a heel, like, yeah. it's just like very low. It's very quiet as well. So like, mm-hmm. you can barely hear it as well. Like it's not daunting at all. Like maybe if they turned it up, like, but it's just a very quiet piece. Right. Uh, that's what's your segment. I think we had a lot of good stuff here. Uh, so yeah, I like that. I like that tag from the last Raw. I like that Quebec versus um, Kid and Razor match. I thought just everything involved with it. It was just. Entertaining from start to finish. It might not have been the best like match technically, but yeah, uh, just entertaining wise from start to finish. I like that best. I'm gonna go uh, the funeral parlor just because uh, I thought the Luger segment was really good and kind of yeah, building up to the call. main event. Just how we've kind of shit on for a while with with Luger. I thought yeah, it had, it had been a hint to him. Uh, stock up. Stock up. I think I went Owen last time, so I think I'm gonna go Brett this time. Brett was just. I love him showing, like, the range. Like, you know, everyone says, um, you know, Brett was terrible on the mic except for 97 when he was a heel. But if you watch these segments, you know, I consider that mic work as well. He's doing so good, like, building this story and showing, like, the range of emotion of him, you know, not wanting to fight Owen at all in in December and January from kind of leaning towards it to, like, now he's like, okay, I got to do this kind of thing. So, um yeah, even though Brett's like my favorite, and it's kind of hard to go up from there, I just think yep. he's definitely climbed a level from where he was before. So, yeah, I'm gonna go Macho Man. I think he's just been very involved. I just think he had a lot to give. I thought he did really, uh, really good, um, really good match. He was mm-hmm. good at the talking about how he's gonna fight Yokozuna and going to WrestleMania as the champion. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, right. So I'm gonna go Macho. Uh, anyone stock down? Uh, Crush. Crush, like, Crush hasn't been the greatest lately, but he hasn't been this bad to me. Like, he just feels like an afterthought, uh, especially with Savage, like, getting involved with Yoko now. Crush doesn't feel as big, but, um, hopefully he turns that around, because I was, like, surprised, like I said, 93 by Crush, but right now I'm yeah. not really feeling him. God, I'm gonna go women's division. I just think they, like, uh, really kind of shit on this. They they kind of had this title change off camera and stuff like that, like or title victory for Ledger Blaze. Like they just really aren't going to be credence to it. They switched opponent without really saying why. They don't even have an opponent for her. You kind of right. mentioned like uh, Heidi Lee Morgan was supposed to be a jobber maybe, but then she gave this like. Oops. Uh, so that's all. Like uh, so, yeah. Very disappointing on the women's division. So gotcha. Uh, anything else? No, I think we're good. Oh, thanks, Adam. All right, so we got. Uh, four more weeks till WrestleMania, so we got a couple more Raws and Superstars, and including the uh, something the March WrestleMania. Uh, right. Before we get to WrestleMania, so really excited about this uh, build. We got almost all the matches signed, uh, so we'll keep we'll keep moving along in the next couple weeks, weeks including a uh, Yoko versus Macho Man title match. So we'll see how that that goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, 
big milestone mania, so the build's been pretty solid so far. And hopefully that just keeps up going forward. Sounds great. We'll see everyone in uh, two weeks. All right.